Relevant. Connected. Great conversation. The Rick and Suzanne Show. Catch them live weekdays 1 to 3 on CJAD 800. Terry Hart and uh, Richard Krause, of course, uh, share some wonderful uh, weekend time here on CJAD talking about their passion, their love of movies. And Richard Krause, uh, because, uh, well, she's traveling, Terry, uh, no doubt, you know, interviewing the stars and stuff, uh, shares that time with us this week. And uh, we are so happy to have you here, Richard. I'm happy to be here. Hi there, Richard. Hey, Suzanne. Hey. So a big movie coming out this weekend, which they think is going to be a big box office hit. Wait, what? No, 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 no. no. Elevation and heart rate detected. Wouldn't you like a pill? No, I am okay. Thank you. Are you being sarcastic and or abusive? Negative. Uh, it's Matt Damon, and he's acting terribly there. It's just... Well, that's Matt Damon talking to a robot. Oh! And right. what happens, uh, he lives in Earth, or he lives on Earth, and Earth has become uh, a wasteland. Uh, up above the Earth, about a 19-minute rocket shuttle ride away is Elysium, which is the name of the movie, and it's also the name of this Eden in the sky where people live, uh, and there are machines up there that can cure any ailment that you might have, and, and it's, it's paradise. And, of course, everyone who lives in this hellhole that Earth has become wants to get up to Elysium, particularly Matt Damon, who uh, things aren't going particularly well for in the film. And I'll tell you, you know, the first hour of this movie is great fun. It is uh, interesting. The ideas behind it are, are really compelling. Matt Damon is Matt Damon. People like him. People mm -hmm. like Matt Damon. I do, too. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. And then the last half hour or so, last half hour, 40 minutes, turns into a bit more of, a, of an action movie. Just, you know, people fight it out rather than talk it out. But you know what? It's a good, good summer movie. Is it going to be the big box office smash that they're hoping it uh, it should be? I think it'll do well. Matt Damon tends to do well at the box office. District 9, which was the film uh, that this director made last time, his name is Neil Bloomkamp. And the thing that's interesting about him is he grew up in South Africa until he was about 18 years old. And then uh, when everything shifted and changed in South Africa, uh, it also became a very violent place to live. And his family said, you know what, we have to, for our own safety, we have to get out of here. And they moved to Vancouver. So uh, all of his movies, there's been two features now and some shorts, uh, generally tend to focus on this idea where one place is awful and there's another much better place elsewhere. And everyone wants to go to the better place. So it's an interesting thing that he brings to the science fiction stories that he tells, but they're very much based in humanity and real life and in some ways his own experience. So this, this thing is, uh, you watch it, you feel like you're there and... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's it, 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 like all great science fiction. It's not really about the spaceships or the weirdo laser guns or the the robot parole officer. That was the robotic voice that we just heard in that clip uh, talking to. It, it's it's not about any of those things. It really is um, about the humanity, about the the ideas that you know people who live in diminished circumstances want to aspire to something else. That seems to be the message here, and and they seem to use just the science fiction as a backdrop for all that. All right. Is it Jason uh, Sudeikis, who's in We're the, the Millers? We're the Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Emma Roberts, who is Julia Roberts' uh, niece, is also in this. All right, let's let, let's let Jason describe the plot outline. I, I want to get what you thought of this thing. You no, know, on one level, it's it's like a, a road picture, a sort of a, a you know people uh, doing an illegal activity, right. uh, 
that being you know smuggling drugs across the border but then there's probably a, a yeah there's an underlying theme of uh, of family really yes <laughs> And yet, somehow, Jennifer Aniston is stripping. Yeah, well, she's a stripper, and Emma Roberts plays a homeless girl, and the uh, the, the other guy, Kevin Poulter, who's in it, who's actually very funny, is kind of Jason Sudeikis' clueless neighbor who lives downstairs. Jason Sudeikis is a drug dealer. He gets into a huge amount of debt with the drug lord, and the guy says, listen, I will square this deal if you will smuggle what he calls a smidge and a half of marijuana across the border from Mexico into the United States. As it turns out, as they say in the movie, it's not a smidge and a half of, of marijuana. It's enough weed to kill Willie Nelson. <laughs> so, the, way, the way that they do it, is uh, they they rent a huge RV, which is big enough to to put all this dope in, but to sort of create this illusion that they are one big happy family. Jason Sudeikis uh, recruits the stripper, played by Jennifer Aniston, and the homeless girl and the neighbor, to play his family because he thinks if he goes across the border with this all-American family that they will just get waved through in the car and the RV won't get checked. And, you know, it's a funny idea for a movie, and the, there are some very funny moments in this, and I laughed out loud a few times. But, you know... I Did you laugh because of Jason Sudeikis? Well, not so much. He doesn't really make me laugh that much. I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie. I don't find him particularly charming. Um, I thought that Kevin Poulter, uh, who plays the, the, the young boy, I thought he was really funny. And there's an actress named Catherine Hahn who's been in a ton of movies, and you've seen her on like Parks and Recreation and things like that. She's usually not the star. She's a backup performer, and she's funny. And she's really good in this. What it is is uh, you can't really have drug dealers and drug smugglers being the hero of no. this big mainstream comedy, uh -huh. particularly one starring America's sweetheart, Jennifer Aniston. So things have okay. to change, and I didn't buy the change. Okay, wait a second. America's sweetheart. Let's back up to her for just a moment, because I don't think she's America's sweetheart. But Because uh, I, I look at this, I look at uh, Jason Sudeikis, and I go, wait a minute, Jennifer Aniston doing this role... Uh, isn't she, I know I'm going to get a lot of you know pushback on this, but isn't she a little too old to be playing his wife? He seems much younger. I, I don't know. I'm just like. Well, he's in his 30s somewhere. She doesn't. She's 44 apparently. She, oh, she looks look great. At, There's no question. Yeah, she looks great. Uh, and you know, in this movie, what she's been doing in the last couple of the movies uh, that she's made, like Horrible Bosses and things, she's been playing really edgy kind of characters. Right. I think just to try and make the transition into doing something other than romantic comedies and that kind of thing. And so in this movie, uh, she plays a foul-mouthed stripper. And, of course, because she's a stripper, she takes off her clothes quite a bit. And so that is, if that's a draw for you, no, there you go. No. There it is. But is but that why they is that why they have her because she can stand there and 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 look that way when she takes off her clothes? No. Well, it would be one of the reasons I would guess <laughs> that. And uh, she's Jennifer Aniston. I mean, say what you will about her. Uh, people like her. You know, a lot of people like her. Um, she was you know on one of the biggest hits of the last decade or more. Uh, she was a, she's on the cover of magazines constantly. Yeah. People are interested in her personal life, and there is a certain amount of you know, the population that will go see a Jennifer Aniston movie. Wow. My, my wife and Suzanne are not on that list. No. Uh, that. Well, a lot not... of people, if you, look at, if you look at things that are written about Jennifer Aniston and look at the comment lists, um, it's really quite amazing, uh, the comment sections, how vitriolic they are. I don't know what she's done exactly to uh, earn <laughs> just... some of these comments, but, yeah. you know, there are people who don't like her, like, 
you know, the old saying for Alexander O'Keefe's uh, beer, those who like it still like it a lot. Those people who don't like Jennifer <laughs> Aniston really don't like her a lot. It's not that I don't like her. It's that I, I don't care. Well, you know, that. I don't, she doesn't, you know, I don't think she's a great actress. Nope. Yep, well, she looks great. She's there, very pretty, of, but. There's a lot of people out there that aren't great actors, though, that, that people like. I mean, yeah. you know, she, and I'm not really, listen, I'm not in the camp of defending Jennifer Aniston. She's, she'll do okay on her own without me defending her. Yeah, but you did but, a good job. You did. But, but she is uh, someone who has been around for a long time, who people trust in some level. Some uh-huh. people trust in some level, and I, I, you know, she pulls it off. All right. Meanwhile, at the movies this weekend, and if the uh, munchkins that live uh, in the neighborhood don't want to come with me, because I'm taking them, I'll go on my own to see this. Oh, you got to be careful. What's taking this guy so long? Is he really as good as they say he is? No. Better. Deep Radio, you can't see that the cartoons, the makers of cars, Disney have made, uh, well, they've taken cars to the sky. Planes. And I'm sorry, I just, I can't wait. Well, Rick, I got to tell you, you have to be careful going to a kid's movie by yourself as a grown man. Well, that's why I'm hoping the kids... (laughs) Good advice, Richard. Very good advice. That's why I'm hoping the kids uh, will all say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, last week I had to go see a public screening of Smurfs 2, and uh, I really felt uncomfortable. I walked in there. I was the oldest person by, you know, 35 years, and uh, it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It can get noisy in yeah, there, too. And parents sure are going to start, you know, looking at you. And That's not, right. Not going to be cool. Um, so Planes uh, is the new Disney film. It's not a Pixar film, though. Huh? It looks like it's a, a, a relative, certainly, of the movie Cars and Cars 2. Only this one is airbound. And, uh, but it's a, it's a Disney film, not a Pixar film. I'm seeing it tonight, so I can't review it. But I huh? can tell you it stars the voices of Dane Cook. Uh, Brad Garrett, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Stacey Keach, Terry Hatcher. Uh, they play airplanes that are engaged in a round-the-world race. And the crop duster, played by Dane Cook, he's not quite as fast as the other. He's Dusty. not quite as, you know, as, as uh, put together as the other ones are. But he has a lot of heart, apparently. Yes. They always do. They always do. <laughs> and w- what is it that it appeals to you so much about this? Well, because they've... Uh, it's planes, Richard. Because I'm on the air it show flies. circuit, you know, all summer long, right. they have caught, in, through their animation, what it's like. Like, you know, the uh, the uh, point of view, uh, and I know it's cartoons and there's a lot of computer help and stuff. Right. But they've caught the moment, they've caught the emotion of it. They even went to the trouble this year on the air show circuit to go out and buy... Uh, one of the crop duster type planes like Dusty, paint the right. airplane up, including the eyeballs. They hired a pilot called Rusty to fly <laughs> Dusty. And Rusty was told that he cannot talk to the media and stuff. And Dane Cook, uh, you know, has even uh, made appearances and talked, uh, you know, as though it was Dusty talking from the sky to the kids. Wow. And so they've really done a lot to promote this thing. But it looks good. The clips that I've seen of it and everything, it, looked, it looks great. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for the next uh, series of movies, Boats. I'm going to wait for both, <laughs> or, or maybe it's uh, a rowboat movie or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm listen. I, I'm seeing it tonight. I go in every movie that I go in to review. I try and go in at zero. You know, like mm. I go in with no expectation. That's good. Uh, good or bad. You know, it's not always possible, but you want to give everything a chance. So I'm I'm giving this one a, a, a chance. One last question just before we go. Richard, did you see Ray Donovan this week? Ray Donovan gets better and better 
and better. Oh, my it, gosh. It, like, right, and, and now James Woods. If, the way that they introduced the James Woods character, and I don't know what he is. I don't know what is going to happen I with bet this you guy. He's going to be James, John Voight's brother. Uh, That's well, my guess. Or something like, or or an enemy, because they they said at one point, and this isn't a spoiler, but Ray Donovan says we got to find somebody that hates Mickey, who is the father that they're all trying to get rid of, more than we do. And then it cuts to James Woods laying with his wife or girlfriend or something on a bed watching America's Funniest Home Videos and laughing for about three minutes, and that's it. And I thought, that's genius, because um, you never know where this character is going to go. It's still, I think, the best show on TV. Uh, by the way, but you, you seem I'm to so know, and I'll go with who you think it's going to be, but who's going to be the next Batman? Well, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling is in the running, so it could be a Canadian Batman. Apparently the forerunner, though, is Josh Brolin. And what, what they're doing, yeah, well, hear, hear it out. Well, though. this is going to be Batman and Superman together, right? Well, it'll be Batman and Superman together, and then they'll spin it off into some more Batman films. But they're not going to go back and do another origin story, which is good. Yeah. What they're going to do is uh, have Batman in his late 30s, maybe early 40s. He's been knocked around a little bit. He's been bashed around a little bit. He's a little world-weary. And I think that Josh Brolin could pull that off. He's 46 years old. He looks like he's been through it a little bit, yeah. but he can still. Uh, do the action and he's still capable of doing a lot of stuff like that i think he'd be a good choice for this yeah ba- batman's more than four foot nine that's just not gonna work <laughs> that's why you wear those shoes with the lifts in them. <laughs> how, how did that work his dad's tall and he's so he's, really he's not. not very tall no. i've interviewed him but i guess we've always been sitting down i didn't notice that <laughs> no, he was like actually he dog. hasn't been sitting down <laughs> <laughs> on that note we're going to uh Leave you with a smile. Richard, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is the Rick and Suzanne Show podcast. Hear Rick and Suzanne live weekdays 1 to 3 on CJAD 800. Our guest has arrived, and uh, already I just I was amazed. And it had nothing to do with his cooking and uh, or why he's here. It's about how tall he is because uh, you just can't tell these things by TV. Uh, but we are so happy to have Food Network star, nutritional activist uh, Michael Smith in studio with us. He's feeding our young athletes, and uh, we'll tell you about that down in Sherbrooke. Uh, but right now, he's in studio with us, and uh, he had to bend down to get through the door. Yeah, Michael, how tall are you? I'm very tall. Yes, you are <laughs> extremely tall. Two meters, six foot seven, the six world's seven. tallest chef. No, really, are you the real? Not really, but it sounds good. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Do you have to uh, have your counters brought up to a higher than the standard well, the, for working, so you yes don't and no. hurt your I mean, back. The, the good Lord blessed me with big, long arms, too, so not too <laughs> hard. But funny enough, yeah, I do. My counters are one inch higher, 37 inches, and, and that's actually the new North American standard for kitchen design. Wow. Is it really? And your back is good? My back is awesome. Yoga every day. There you so go. you are a bit of a health nut, then. Well, yeah, I guess so. You know, I know what granola tastes like. I don't mind hugging trees, and I <laughs> certainly have long hair. <laughs> of course, you all know uh, Chef Michael Smith from uh, television shows, from his uh, TV work, from his cookbooks. Uh, the reason he's in town is because we've got, you know, the Canada Games going on in Sherbrooke. And you're going to go down there and show these athletes that they do not have to eat junk food to perform well. Absolutely. What's going on down there? Well, a lot is going on. In fact, for the first time in the history of Canada Games, Junk food has been banned from the games. This is a big deal. So I'm uh, I'm part of a company called Sedexo. We are the folks that are actually feeding the athletes. 
And we've done this for, for many, many years. I did the Olympics with them. I cooked for all the Olympians of the world out in Whistler. So we've got lots of experience feeding healthy food to athletes. But this is a little bit bigger than that. This is about reaching out to, to kids largely. I mean, these are kids, 15, 18, 20, 22 years old, who are really just getting started in life, who are really just beginning their athletic career. And you know, and I think uh, a lot of us like to say that youth is wasted on the young, and 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 to some degree, you know, you know, these are kids that benefit strictly from being kids, so they don't necessarily have to fully engage with food to be peak performance athletes. So, my message to them is that you know, there's a lot of things that it takes to to train and excel, and one of those things should be food. So it's all about engaging them and helping them understand that if they're really going to move forward with a good, healthy lifestyle and continue to be peak performance athletes, they've got to engage with food as well. But you also want to get this message around to other kids that are perhaps just going outside to play. That's right. Yeah. And if they're going outside to play, I'm thrilled to hear that. You know, let's let's face it. Too many of our kids are not going outside mm -hmm. to play and they're, you know, they think that moving their thumbs is somehow playing. And and that's a big part of the issue, really. You know, living a sedentary lifestyle is not helping anybody. And and but in this case at Canada Games, it's almost like the equation is reversed because I I often find myself talking to people about food and and saying to them, but you know don't forget if you're engaged with food, fine, but you've also got to engage with activity. And and in this case, these are people that are clearly engaged with activity, and now they need to engage with food as well. So we, we get we get camps, and we we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. This this experience where a mom sends her kid to camp and wants to do the right thing and make the right food choices, and the camp treats this child like it has a disease because they don't they don't have a policy and they and the the fact that this kid does not want to you know live on junk food seems to be something they can't handle yeah the normal snack at this particular camp midday was cookies or chips or something like this and the mother wanted apples with perhaps a little bit of sure. cheese a little bit sure. of peanut butter and this child had to go to, to the, the nurse. nurse's office yeah. to it's pick insane. up her you it's know, insane I, I have no patience for that I, I just don't it's a slow motion form of child abuse the, the simple fact is is that we're we're making some very poor choices as a society and we're you know we like to scream and yell and moan about about an underfunded healthcare system. Well, we're the ones that are stressing out this system. It's the choices that we're making that that are that are causing these issues. So, you know, if mom wants to stand up, make sure her kids are getting apples. Well, hell yeah, I'm on that team. Yeah. Now you're you're going to be going down to Sherbrooke, and you're going to be talking to the athletes as well tomorrow. Uh, because I mean, as you pointed out, when they're young, they really don't care what they eat. They're not sure. really thinking about it. Sure. But for an athlete. You know, we talk about half the plate nowadays being vegetables with a quarter being protein or some meat or fish or some type of legume. And then the other quarter being a, a starch, if you want, or a grain. Mm -hmm. Is Now, is that what an athlete needs or does well, it, it does depend. Change? It does depend on, on what your sport is, whether you're you, whether you're a long endurance athlete or whether you're running a hundred meter dash. You know, it does it does change. But really, it's not wildly complicated. It, it In essence, it comes down to what you eat and when you eat it. And of course, there's nothing you can do on the day of an event to change the outcome. I mean, hopefully by then you've lived a healthy lifestyle already. But what you do in the last few hours leading up to a race or the like can really influence. And this is something that kids just don't understand these days. And in particular, when they're, you know, when they're faced with all this massive advertising for all these sports drinks and all this stuff that's trying to convince them that, that somehow these are viable solutions and, and good options. And, and quite simply, they're not. I mean, you've got to be running a marathon before it starts to make sense to drink a sports drink. 
And when you start to consider that there's so many kids out there that are never going to be athletes that are still drinking those sports drinks because they identify with athletes, now we've got an even bigger problem. Our guest is the very tall, the very famous, and uh, the very adamant when it comes to good food uh, gentleman that you know on the Food Network here. And that being Michael Smith. And thank you very much, sir, for being here with us. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Michael. We're getting some texts, uh, people asking about, you know, recipes. And uh, you've you put all, a lot of your recipes on your website. Oh, gosh, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of great recipes on my website, chefmichaelsmith.com. There you go. It's videos, so too. Lots of fun stuff. I know. I saw the videos this morning. They're, they are a lot of fun. Uh, Michael, also somebody asking you what, uh, what you think about Gatorade for kids. Apparently, this woman's husband says the electrolytes and Gatorade are good. Do they know what electrolytes are? There you go. It's just salt. You take an orange juice, you put a pinch of salt in it, you got Gatorade. You know, Gatorade has convinced us that somehow it's the new thing and that it's somehow something that doesn't exist anywhere else in nature. It's all hooey. It's all baloney. You can drink simple, straightforward fruit juice, pinch of salt, you're going to be just fine. And really, as I said before, what the real issue here, though, is the kids that aren't competing that have absolutely no need for replenishing electrolytes but somehow think it's okay to drink Gatorade because let's not forget it's packed with sugar sugar and salt i think that's all that's in it isn't there it there you go pretty much flavoring yeah a little bit of flavoring okay so we're talking about uh, you know feeding our, our budding athletes keeping it simple and keeping it tasty because it's usually mom and dad that are end up doing all the cooking sure and the kids just eat so so what what uh, What's your recommendation to a family that's got kids, you know, heading into soccer uh, playoffs, they're getting ready for hockey, they're getting ready for, for football? Do you change the diet from what we talked about earlier? A little bit of protein, a little bit of grain, lots of vegetables? Does it? What's the ideal? My my ideal is, is, is just to back up a little bit and, and recognize that we all live busy lives. You know, I've got three kids of my own. I know what life is like. You know, I happen to be a very good cook, but I also understand that not everybody out there thinks of themselves as cooks. But what I do also understand is that we're all motivated to do the best we can for our kids. And I'm asking you, please look within yourself and figure out how to include real food in your life. We are making a lot of very poor choices when we continue to serve our kids processed food. It's not helping. It's not good for them. And frankly, it's a slow motion form of child abuse. You've got to do better. So the big picture issue here is please just first make that choice to cook. The rest, you'll figure it out. Human beings have cooked forever. You will figure it out. It's not that big a deal. And don't buy into this whole idea that you're striving for perfection. You know, I have to say that there is a downside to food media. You know, we often lead our audiences to believe that there is this thing called perfection. And close behind, logically, you start to imagine, well, maybe around the corner, there's this other thing called failure. And I disagree. If you're choosing to cook real food for your kids, you're a rock star. You're a great cook right then and there. You burn the chicken, big deal. You flip it over. Every chef learns that day one at work. You know, it's all about managing expectations. And, and frankly, steaming off a head of broccoli or stirring some baby spinach into, into a pasta dish or whatever it is, they're all simple. You know, it's, it's when we watch Food Network and read all these magazines that we're led to believe that food and cooking is complicated. And it's not. It's just not. Right. Three kids, you, you know the family thing and timing. I mean, it's... It... Do you have the time to do that? Do parents have the time? Yeah, but time you're asking consuming? me as if it's an option. 
I don't say it's an option. I'm asking parents, please look hard at what you're doing for your kids mm -hmm. and understand that processed food is not an option. It's just not. You're making your kids sick. There's a reason why we have the highest incidences in the world of obesity and childhood obesity and all of these various diseases that are known as the Western suite of diseases. The rest of the world doesn't deal with the stuff we do. You've got to acknowledge that this is fundamentally what we do as parents. And once you acknowledge that, the rest will figure it out very easily. It's you, not a big deal. You have a, uh, a saying written above your refrigerators, which says, think global, buy local. But when you buy local, which is important at this time of year, very easy sure, to do. Sure. But in midwinter, when we have to start importing our vegetables, importing our fruits and, and all this kind of stuff, we're not buying local anymore. No, we're not. And we're kidding ourselves. We're in Canada. You know, what are we going to do? Chop up an igloo? I mean, you, you got you to gotta buy broccoli from California in March or February, whatever. I don't, I don't quibble too much about that. I, you know, I think we got bigger issues to deal with before we get to the issue, whether you're buying local in January. You know, it, it, again, just cook real food. And wherever it comes from, you know, if you have the luxury to, to start thinking about the farmer's markets in your own area, I strongly urge that. And I absolutely recommend it. it. It is a very powerful thing. And our local farmers could use every little bit of help they can get. And building our own resources in our own communities, I'm 100% behind that. But at the same time, I think first and foremost, we first have to decide to cook real food. Chef Michael Smith, before we let you go, I have one last question. Lay it I, on me. I noticed because I was spying on your kitchen. You've got, for your equipment, this is an equipment uh, question. You've got that the, uh, an induction stove happening yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. What is the deal on that? Because my sister-in-law is buying that, and I'm going... What is that? What is the great thing about that? Because I would go gas. Yeah, gas is cool, but gas is very inefficient. It's the single least efficient way of cooking there is, which is why professional kitchens are so bloody hot, because we cook with gas, and most of the heat we generate stays in the kitchen and never gets near the food. Induction, wildly efficient, 85 90% efficient. And so if we start thinking and talking about you know, sustainability and energy issues and all of those things, induction is the way to go, 100%. And you just Love put your pot, it, I know, you put your pot on it and it heats up, you take the pot off, it's gone. Just like that, because the actual heat is generated in the pot, in the molecules of the metal in the pot. They get the vibrating, they get going a little wacky in there, that's where the heat is. It's not in the, the actual induction burner itself, that's just a big magnet, basically. That's very cool. It is right. cool. <laughs> Wait, what we needed was an hour of the chef's time. Absolutely. That's what we needed. Well, so that, he has to come back. Yeah. Next I'll time. be back. I'll see you this fall. There you go. The event. Promise? That's great. Now, Michael is going to be uh, down at the Canada Games. You're at an event tomorrow at 1.30 uh, down in the quad at, at Bishop's at University. Bishop's University, where we're serving the serving the athletes. That's where we're cooking up a storm each and every day. We're, we're getting close to 10,000 meals a day down there, tasty and healthy. There with you real go. food. We can do it for one or two in our household. Absolutely. We can. Okay. Let's do it. We're all in. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Listen to The Rick and Suzanne Show live weekdays 1 to 3 on CJAD 800 and at CJAD.com.